Are your marketing campaigns feeling stale? It might be time to switch things up with a new approach. On today's episode, we'll explore two options you might consider, brand marketing and growth marketing. For each, we'll explore some pros and cons, give you some examples, and give you all the information you need to choose the right approach. Are you a startup founder or CMO trying to grow your brand? There's good news, you're not the first. Our growth team is committed to learning and earning the skills and strategies high growth companies have used to build their businesses. And now we're sharing them with you. Welcome to Growth Team Radio. Welcome to Growth Team Radio. I am your host today, Mallory Kuhn, and I'm joined this episode by Matt Kennard. Hi there, Matt. How are you? Hey, Mallory. I am doing great anytime. We get to chat. It's fun <laughs> and uh, a good time for me. So Right. It's always a good time on this show. Um, yeah. So today we're talking, as I'm sure the title has given it away for our listeners, uh, we're talking brand marketing versus growth marketing. Um, mm-hmm. So we're going to be looking at these different approaches, comparing them, um, and talking about all of those elements. But first, I want to introduce you to our listeners a little bit, so in case people haven't heard you on an episode before, are new to the show. Um, can you describe your experience in the marketing field? Yeah. So I'm going to immediately, uh, immediately age by myself by saying that I, I graduated from college and have been in the professional, uh, the professional ranks in 2012. So just do a little math <laughs> on that all you out there. Um, but immediately out of college, I was, um, well, during, still during college, I was in a, uh, a marketing internship at an agency, um, here in Iowa where I live and, uh, predominantly working with clients in the healthcare space. Um, but then we started a really started going through a vertical in the financial side of things. So community banks, uh, eventually community credit unions. So, you know, smaller, smaller banks and, and credit unions, um, you know, creating websites for them, doing marketing for them, uh, where it made sense. And really that's, that's what I did for, for eight years, you know, on the, in the financial vertical side of it, I eventually came to kind of lead that, lead that team, but definitely doing the, the marketing and assisting with sales for that, even going to, uh, like trade shows and being part of it, a group in a booth or the only person in a booth in some smaller, some smaller, uh, uh, community banking shows and, you know, in, uh, in the old hotel, uh, conference rooms and things like that, you know, that kind of, that kind of thing. So, um, so yeah, I got to do, got to really do some like face-to-face, uh, I'm not going to call it selling, but, uh, kind of the initial just information gathering piece of, uh, of ultimately of selling and working hand in hand with our, our sales rep, a guy named Donnie, who I, I really loved working with. He's a great guy. Um, and then from there, I, I moved in house, um, within the same overall parent company, just to a larger division, uh, in the healthcare space as the brand manager, um, did that for about a year and then that position got eliminated because it was 2020. Oh no. Uh, so that was not cool uh, at all. But I eventually found uh, Wing Labs and by extension Sprocket Rocket R, for those who don't know our um, our product that we sell, our design system that we sell for the HubSpot CMS platform. And I currently am the marketing lead for that as well as running clients on the Wing Labs side. So basically uh, of my... 11 years, professional years, 10 of them have been in an agency setting. Wow. Yeah. Well, and that's, that's a, 
something I really want to talk to you about because in I mean I feel like in the agency setting we all know it's <laughs> it's very fast paced it's you know you're doing you're getting a lot of reps you're getting to see a lot of issues from multiple sides because you're working arguably kind of the same muscles with for very different clients which can be kind of interesting so uh, I want to see your take on if uh, there are some misunderstandings that you've seen uh, in your clients or even in colleagues um, that they have about different marketing approaches. Yeah, so um, yeah, the I guess the biggest thing with that has been like, I mean, I guess I'll just, I'll just break it down like this. When I was in-house as the brand manager for one year, um, you know, that was a, a company that was very much in the relationship selling business. Um, you know, everything was, um, everything was uh, uh, just like, hey, I'm going to, uh, we have reps all around the country. And it was basically a standpoint of like, um, Hey, we're going to build this. We're going to build this thing purely through purely through relationships, and you know, marketing is you know, marketing is always there to make sales jobs easier. Ultimately, we were accountable to to revenue. You know, that's that's where I think, which means we're not just giving leads to sales. We're giving high quality leads to sales, and they're able to close them uh, because we've qualified them, uh, we've made the right arguments, and we've persuaded them, and and they understand what value we um, we provide, and ultimately the kind of transformation that they can go through. Um, but this, this organization was very much like a, um, you know, mark marketing is a, it's really just a support for sales. Like they weren't, they weren't doing like, there wasn't really much analysis going on. It was very much just like whatever sales needs you're going to do. So it was very disjointed. Um, you know, not trying to speak ill of this. It's just how it just kind of, you know, speaking with that company it's just kind of how it was in terms of like you know you're just gonna whatever a, a rep asks you for something you just do it and it was a lot of one-off stuff um you know the the designer that i worked with she was constantly just designs you know sales enablement material so it was very much like i don't know it, it wasn't so much a marketing job as it was kind of like a sales support and enabling or enablement job yeah and i think we just there was just a lack of understanding there in terms of how beneficial marketing could be if you just let them in. You know, it was constantly like, uh, I'm asking them a lot of questions and they were afraid to share information with me because they thought I was just going to start sending emails out without them knowing about it. I'm just like, I'm trying to learn these things so that I can, you know, ultimately help you guys. Um, so, I mean, that was one. It was just a, a vastly different going from like that agency where I was working with like one sales rep and, and uh, ultimately, we got to two and just kind of working with them, being very involved in it too. Not being involved in it at all, really, in terms in terms of just following, like, hey, I need this, make this for me, that type of thing. Very, uh, very trade show focused um, marketing approach. Uh, so, I mean, that's one one thing that I've seen. Another is just like, I, I mean, I kind of have a list of a few that I've kind of run through and just kind of misunderstandings or just people not not understanding the I guess the value of marketing like number one that like it it works immediately the only time you're gonna see that is if like you're running paid ads and you right like, you have targeting and you turn it on you put your budget to it and you're gonna assuming your ads are good let's just assume that you've done your you've done your due diligence there and the and the ads are good uh, good quality then um, then you're gonna start seeing you know people come to the website and you're you know people converting on 
covering on offers and, and things like that. Uh, but as soon as that, you know, as soon as you run out of budget, if you don't re-up, then, you know, right. Go you lose all that traffic, all that, yeah, right. all that energy. Right. It, it takes time. <laughs> Ultimately, marketing, like we're trying to build trust with people and that's not something that just is an immediate thing. Um, it also happens when there's too much focus on product. Like people are just like, Hey, just, just show them the product. Just talk about the product. Like then once they see it, once they know, you know, they know all the benefits and features from our benefits and features table that we have. And we do comparison with another product. They'll just know immediately that they should choose us again. That really happens just in the last part of a funnel. Like if someone has, you know, of a buyer journey, like if someone has, a short list of two to three and then and then they're to the point where they're comparing comparing features and functionality and price um that's really how that and that's like you know, think about the market any any market any at any given time like only three to five percent of that market is in that phase of like okay i'm buying now immediately or i'm in that like whittling it down from my short list and doing this product product feature functionality pricing comparison what are you doing for the other 95 to 97% of the market? Right. Um, so there's that piece of it. Uh, I always, <laughs> something else that kind of came up when I was that brand manager uh, was like a marketing strategy by committee type approach, which was like, I remember we went in for one planning session uh, for, for 2020. And like, it was, it was like two, two days, like almost full days reserved a conference room in there all day long and look again not trying to throw shade at anyone or, or speak ill of them but it's just like that's not the optimal way to do to number one to do any kind of planning where you're just potentially blocking people in a room but then it was like you know there was you know there was a, the the marketing designer was in there and Again, no offense to to that to that person, but not a marketer. Um, so, marketing strategy by committee, where it's it's kind of like I know you've been through this, like uh, copywriting by committee, where it's just like, cool, Mallory wrote this, and then she's gonna give it to the SME, but then ultimately three other people are gonna provide their thoughts on it, and it just by the time you get it back, it's like I don't know if you've seen those seen any of those memes on like LinkedIn, it's like you have this perfect masterpiece. And by the time you get it back, it's like a kid's version of that. Yes. Yes. Well, it's, and stuff like that. it's like the old, the old saying, right? That a camel is a horse designed by a committee. Um, right. So right. it's like, Ooh, you tried. <laughs> yeah. That, I mean, that's just a, that's just a, a no go. Now that means you don't, that doesn't mean that you don't take into account information from sales folks or from customer support people or, you know, people who are industry facing, maybe it's a, you know, an executive of VP, a um, you know, president of some kind, but ultimately, when it comes down to building the building the strategy, um, that's not really something that can be done by committee. And then the last one, it's very easy to do now, just because there's so much information out there, um, and there's just a lot of people willing to share, either rightly or wrongly, just like kind of a a marketing strategy via Twitter or LinkedIn post, and just like trying to gather, you know, trying to build a strategy based off of what you see on Twitter and LinkedIn of like, Hey, my company did this, this type of thing. It's like, look, there's, there's so many differences between companies and what you're trying to do in your market and all this other stuff. Like you can't, you know, I know we want to talk about like one size fits all marketing, like just because you see someone who's doing it and their company is excelling 
doesn't mean you can just like literally rip and replace that for your own marketing strategy and um and have it be successful like there's too much context and nuance that you're not going to get in a twitter thread or even though those insanely long linkedin posts for something that's working it can be inspiration but it's not good generally to just rip your rip your strategy from that and then the number of times that it's been like hey i saw this one person do this on on twitter or linkedin i was reading about what they did we should totally use it as our marketing strategy and 99 percent of the time it's actually a tactic more so than a strategy than a whole like strategy do. right it's like right. one piece of the puzzle well that that brings me into uh i know you kind of hinted at it here um but let's just fully you know ask the question do you believe that there is any marketing approach that is one size fits all or does every organization have different needs and they may require a different approach? Uh, like when we're talking about, you know, brand strategy or I'm sorry, uh, brand marketing versus growth marketing, like is one overtly better or, you know, it does it just depend on every organization. Yeah, there's just too much. There's too much context, context and nuance and variables within the so like the company itself like what you're what what market you're playing and how saturated is that market how how mature uh, are you in that market meaning do people do people know of you do they not know of you at all um you know you're trying to pivot within the market um you know audiences different from market to market different audiences that buy differently even the b2b space like uh you know high like high ticket items like you have a general sense of how that's going to work. There's going to be a number of people who are going to have to be involved in the process and, you know, get approvals and things like that. But like other companies that are your competitors in this space is another variable. It's just like, how mature are they? How much do people know about them? What's their product like? Um, you know, how are they differentiating themselves? I, I mean, there's a, there's a base frame we can go from in terms of finding the answers to those questions. Um, I mean, that's about, it's about as common and kind of one size fits all as you can get is just like knowing what questions you need to have answered before you can, um, before you can really get going. And then the answers from those questions kind of dictate where, what, what you're going to do for a marketing strategy, what, you know, tactics you're going to use, what levers you're going to pull. Um, but no, one size fits all. That's why the Twitter, you know, marketing via, via Twitter or LinkedIn or, um, a great idea from uh, someone in the someone, a highest paid opinion in the room, someone in the some of the C-suite is not generally the best idea because they're just lacking context and um, other relevant information that you just have to take take into approach just based on your company, your competitors, the market, etc. Right. Yeah. Well, let's get into the into the meat of this episode, if we if we can. <laughs> yeah. um, let's talk about brand marketing and growth marketing. So we're thinking B two B context. We always are. Uh, we work with uh, all B two B brands. Um, can you explain the fundamental differences between brand marketing and growth marketing in that context? Yeah, I mean, for the most part, it's it's basically in the name of each of them. <laughs> um, no, not to be. You know, not to be a uh, a smart aleck about it, but it, I mean, it really is. Like in brand marketing, you are, you know, you're really you're building up, building up your brand awareness of your company. And I I also am aware that uh, for those out there who follow the the pirate metrics, you know, the uh, awareness acquisition activation, uh, awareness is the first A in that. There is there's never just 
separate, you know, completely separate things between brand marketing and growth and various types of marketing. There's always some, some crossover in those things, but brand marketing really is building up your brand, the awareness of your company, your positioning, your messaging, uh, and why you exist. And, you know, to put it in, you know, the context of something that, you know, maybe, maybe our audience has heard before or seen, um, there's a guy named Simon Sinek who has a, I think one of the most watched Ted talks of all time. Um, you might know him from his, uh, uh, his book and start with, you know, start with why. And that was kind of his thing is like, if you start with why the, the brand is why you do what you do. Um, then kind of moving outwards in a circular fashion, the why is at the, the center of it, the, um, how you do what you do is kind of like the next ring out. And then ultimately what you do, um, is kind of the last part of it. Um, because if you don't have a, if you don't have a compelling why in terms of like, you know, why your brand exists, why people, why you deserve people's business. Um, and then ultimately how you differentiate, how you solve people with problems in a different way, shape or form without those two things, you're just, you're not going to get to the what, which is essentially kind of what we talked about before, just leading with the product and your, you know, feature comparisons and, and all of that, that alone is not going to do it. Again, that kind of like, you know, that 95% of the market that is not in like buy mode right at the moment, the, the why and the how is really how you kind of talk to that 95%. And really that's, that's a big piece of that brand marketing in terms of, you know, your brand and, and why you exist and, and what makes you different. Um, growth. I mean, again, growth is in the name now includes, includes awareness. Cause of course you have to be getting, you know, people have to be aware of your brand coming to your website, um, you know, engaging with your stuff on social, if that's a part of your, um, you know, part of your, your, your tactics and your strategy. Um, but it's really what you do to, to acquire leads, uh, to, to nurture them in the, you know, in the extent that you can uh, have influence over, you know, their buying time and, and process, uh, particularly in B2B when there's, you know, contract links and, uh, you know, people are, you know, there's a three-year contract and if they're right in the middle of it, it's, you know, there's only so much you can do to nurture them, uh, but ultimately get them through some sort of sales qualification mechanism. So like a demo, a free trial, a consultation, uh, and then ultimately convert them, convert them to, uh, to customers. That's kind of like that pirate metrics, you know, awareness, acquisition, activation, then revenue retention referral um, piece of it's kind of how it's generally thought of but that's that's really the difference is like brand is purely about getting people to understand why you do what you do and how you do it growth is then kind of using that using that uh, that positioning that messaging to um to bring people into your you know to your pipeline and ultimately to convert them to uh you know the, the penultimate metric of of revenue amazing oh and i guess there is sorry i guess i i on the back side of Converting them into a customer. Sorry about that. There's there's also the re, there's also the retention piece of it. You know, keeping them as customer, customers, winning the renewal, um, and then reputation building tactics as well. So, growth. You know, brand really brand marketing is just like kind of one. If you want to compare them straight up, like it's really just kind of focused on one one lever, uh, one growth lever, if you will, of you know kind of growth marketing of that of that pyrometrics framework. Uh, whereas growth is, you know, focused kind of on, on all of them and ultimately how they kind of power the engine uh, that makes your company go. 
It's a great description of each of those approaches and, and how they differ. Um, let's get a little more granular. Um, so what are some key tactics, channels, et cetera, that are commonly used in brand marketing for, for B2B specifically mm. again? And how do those channels, tactics differ from the ones used in growth marketing or do they differ? Yeah, I mean, there's definitely some some crossover, just as we say, kind of just in the definition parts of it. I mean, for for brand marketing, that's, um, I mean, your website, your website content, um, you know, blog content um, for, you know, for specific keyword searches and things like that, that are surrounding the, surrounding your positioning and the problems you help people solve and, and things like that. Um, social can also be used for that, both organic and um and paid. I was I was you know at inbound a few weeks ago as of the re, as of the recording of this uh, of this episode. <laughs> um, you know, and there's some great. There was a great session on on LinkedIn ads, um, and part of it was just like he kind of aligned some ads that you can run to um, to answering that question of why. Again, he he used Simon Sinek as a as a an example of like start with why, and that's kind of like getting people to know you, and that's really kind of the you know the brand play. Um, of that. So, I mean, organic, organic posting on, you know, your, your companies, um, you know, LinkedIn or Twitter or whatever it is, but also on, on personal, I mean, that's a, that's a big shift that has happened where people just, a, a faceless brand is not as cool and fun to interact with and not seen as authoritative as, as a person, as another person, people want to interact with people, you know? So, um, so uh, having a content strategy for that is something that we've seen when it comes to brand marketing as well. Um, in terms of non-digital stuff, like the you know, events, events are, are one as well. You're new to an industry or um, maybe it's just your first time going to events. You're going to do a lot of talking about, uh, you know, kind of hopefully you're talking about why you exist in kind of the why and the how. Um, very little on the what at that point, just because people are trying to get to know you. And I think review review websites, you know, garnering garnering reviews on G two or Captera or Trustpilot, um, people who are um, you have had a great experience with you talking about it. That's kind of another big piece of your brand because ultimately that helps you tell tell the story of why you do what you do and how you do it, um, and in some cases what you did for them as well. And that was you know, kind of more feature, feature focus and kind of more granular to that. Um, yeah. So that's, I mean, for brand marketing, that's, that's a bit, I mean, that's a big piece of that uh, for growth. I mean, there's how much time you got, like there's, I all, know. there's all sorts of stuff. I mean, that's kind of like with the, you know, anytime you're talking about like lead generation and things like that, like obviously it's bringing people into the pipeline. It's, you know, helping people, you know, getting converting people from mqls to sqls to um you know to opportunities and you know getting those you know making sure that those are high quality leads that you're providing ultimately so your sales team can close them at a high rate um so i mean that's like that's lead magnets that's uh so that can be anything from like i know they've got to kind of come under fire but like ebook you know pdf ebooks and things like that as long as they're not like 30 pages long i think there's still a place for them but they have to be short and consumable and, and not too heavy. Uh, webinars, um, oh gosh, what else? I mean, we already kind of talked about like like free trials and demos, kind of that sales qualification mechanism. Um, 
all the way through, you know, having a, a post-purchase, um, post-purchase onboarding and, and retention uh, plan, you know, NPS scores and, and things like that. Like, there's just so many tactics that fall under the the growth piece of it. That's kind of, uh, I mean, look at any time, you know, just look up lead generation or anything like that. And you're going to find all those tactics, um, all those tactics that are that are available for free use and all those leverage you can pull in growth marketing. Yeah, well, that makes sense, right? Since uh, you know the growth marketing is the full funnel for sure, uh, it's going to be a lot more, a lot more room to play as far as tactics go, right? right? <laughs> I mean, and there's and with the growth marketing approach, like there's there's yeah, there's kind of like a toolbox you can pull from, but ultimately it's like what you have. To, I mean, it's not you can't just stick to that. You have to look at how can you. I mean, what can you do to grow at all costs? I mean, growth marketing. Uh, kind of sprung out of like growth hacking, if you will. That was kind of a, a popular term to just like, how can we hack this growth? How can we, you know, there's a lot of great stories from like the early 2010s of like, you know, Netflix and some of these other, you know, companies in terms of how they got big really fast. And that's kind of the growth hacking piece of it. Now, you know, that's kind of a dirty word depending on who you're talking to. Yeah. Uh, um, uh, but I mean, really is like, how do we, how do we get this thing to, how do we get this thing to grow? Like, then that's really the the bottom line. Ultimately, well, I guess ultimately it should be how should we get how can we get this thing to grow uh, and you know and grow and scale efficiently, yeah. profitably, sustainably. Not just yeah, right. Profitably is probably the, the biggest the piece of that. Right. That I kind of kind of buried the lead on that one. <laughs> <laughs> they had to stick with us through the whole thing. We get it. Well, okay. So let's let's talk about not you know directly profit, but. We want to be able to measure those things. We want to know whether what we're doing uh, matters, helps, <laughs> is working mm-hmm. uh, before we continue to, to sink budget into something, right? We want to make sure we're getting ROI. Um, what mm-hmm. are some of those metrics? So the key metrics that um, a marketer might look at for brand marketing, uh, and are those metrics the same or different from key metrics, KPIs that we use in growth marketing? Yeah, so I mean, just a just a disclaimer off the top. Again, it comes down to what specific tactics you are you are employing, right? Um, you know, for brand awareness, we were talking or brand awareness, brand marketing, which is you know awareness is a piece of that. Like that's only what we're we're trying to get people to understand who we are and our story and and how we help. So I mean, that is, you know, in terms of like website, you know, let's say we're we're measuring stuff based on you know website traffic, so like organic website traffic. Uh, if we're doing you know a if we have a social media strategy, you know, using some some social media channels that would be traffic to our website from social, but also followers on social, you know, kind of the engagement, the engagement uh, metrics there on, you know, your your platform of choice um, for your website. You know, it's whatever key pages that you have on your website. You know, we follow the at Wing Labs, we follow the the kind of cold, warm, hot, uh, you know, approach. So, like looking at those pages, the traffic, uh, the bounce rate, the exit rate. Um, returning website visitors versus um, uh, versus new um, new website visitors. Um, I mean, that's for for brand marketing. It really is just like how how can we measure people being aware of our message and engaging with our our message? Which is you know some of those some of those might be the same things you might look at in the awareness part of of growth marketing. Um, you know, we, we typically look at, uh, for Wing Labs clients, like organic traffic, total traffic, um, you know, for running email marketing to, you know, specific key pages, uh, or assets, the traffic to those and, 
you know, quick rates and, and that, but also, again, we're trying to grow, get people into our pipeline. So conversion rates on, on landing pages, conversion rates on free trial and demo and get a quote pages. Um, you're just thinking about the pipeline and stuff like, you know, um, how many people, how many people who are marketing qualified leads are, are we getting to, you know, to qualify themselves as, or get, you know, get qualified as sales qualified leads, how many SQLs make it to opportunity stage and, you know, what's our sales, ultimately what's our sales win rate? You know, are we doing a good enough job on the marketing side of providing them with high enough quality leads that they're winning most of the time when it comes to, or to, you know, the, uh, you know, I degree, are they winning eight, nine times out of 10 uh, when it comes to converting these opportunities into, uh, into customers. I mean, you can, you can get hung up on kind of more top of funnel stuff, like, you know, landing page conversion rates and, and what have you. Um, but ultimately if what we're passing through to sales is, it's not high quality and they're not winning them. We're right. not doing, we're not doing our job yeah. as, as marketers. Um, and then after, and then after the sale, like, what does the renewal rate look like? What's the retention rate uh, look right, look like, you know, if you, if you're big on gathering social proof and testimonials, which everyone should be, in my opinion, like, are we doing a, you know, are we doing a good enough job and, uh, you know, with the sale and supporting them kind of after the sale that they give us a high NPS score and give us a review, you know, what's our, what's our review percentage for current customers, um, and things like that. So, I mean, again, there's tons of, tons of KPIs and metrics, but, you know, to boil it down, growth marketing, like how many high quality leads are you getting and what's your, what's your win rate on those, you know, that you're passing over to passing over to sales. Cause ultimately it's a team, it's a team effort. I mean, if I'm giving our salespeople a hundred crap, a hundred crap leads every month and they're only able to close five of them versus, you know, I give them 10, you know, so only 10% of it, but they're closing nine of those. That's ultimately better for us. My numbers, my numbers up upstream in terms of, you know, leads, MQLs, SQLs might, I might be missing those, but that's why you always have to look at the quality of what's coming through and not just pure numbers. Right. Well, that's such a great insight because, you know, you can have uh, all the leads in the world, but if they're poor fit customers, it doesn't really matter. <laughs> it's not going to help you. You're just kind of running on a hamster wheel at that point. Um, which actually that, that brings me to, uh, to another thing I wanted to, to ask about, cause you know, uh, I always like to get a little negative at some point in these episodes, <laughs> um, because I'm like, negative person. Yeah. It's so <laughs> negative. Um, I like to talk about challenges. I like to talk about pitfalls because I think it's important for people to understand those things, um, when they're navigating, um, their, their marketing and their strategies. Um, so what are some of those key challenges? What are the pitfalls? What are the mistakes that our listeners need to be aware of and avoid uh, in brand marketing and in growth marketing? Yeah, so let's let's start with brand. Um, I think as people just, at least from what I've seen, it, it's too much, like they assume because it's brand marketing that it is about them and people need to understand our brand so it's all about us and what, you know, and what we do. Um, and you see it a lot on websites when you see, you're reading a lot of, uh, if you're reading the word we a lot, like that's, that's how it comes out or in blog, you know, blog content, where it's just a lot of we, um, that makes that, that's really an easy way to make that stand out. And honestly, that's just, that's just the, I'm usually pretty diplomatic about my answers, but I mean, like, that's just the wrong way to think about brand marketing. Again, it's like, 
It's about your ICP's problems, their anxieties, their doubts, um, and the other things that they may have tried, um, and how you how you ease them, uh, how you ease those problems, and, and actually help alleviate those problems through a through a vastly new and different way about thinking. Number one, just about thinking about the problem, let alone thinking about your product solving that problem for them, and kind of in this new, different. I hate using better because it only that word invites uh, immediate comparison, but that's really what we're like. It has to be a giant step ahead. It can't be like an incremental improvement. Uh, I'm reading right now, just cause I'm thinking about, it, I'm reading um, uh, expert secrets by Russell Brunson and he kind of covers the, you know, the red ocean, blue ocean um, piece of it where it's like, people will not, people will not go for essentially an improvement offer. Right, um, you know, he's, he's, it's it's Russell Brunson, so he's talking in the in the form of you know funnels and things like that. He's like, your your offer cannot just be an improvement offer. Anytime you're using an ER word like better, that's not that's not a big enough change. That's not a big enough transformation. Um, so it has to be like a, again a vastly new and different way to to solve that problem. That of course has some has some benefits that are better but you have to find a different way to say it than just better faster uh um you know adding whatever other er word in there but that's that's really what the brand piece of it is about um and people get too much wrapped up in terms of just it's our brand so it's going to be all about us and right we were founded in 1980 and we have this <laughs> it's like if you want your brand marketing to fail do that do right. that well because why <laughs> um, would your audience care they don't know you it's not right. necessarily about introducing them to your brand for the sake of introducing them to your brand. It's about introducing them to your brand for the sake of what your brand can do for them, right? Right. It's again, it's that like getting to know you and kind of why you why you exist and how you are different, kind of that why and that how yeah. um, piece of it. Um, that's, that's like, so that's this time to bow in the brand marketing kind of potential pitfalls and challenges that's really the biggest thing for growth i mean i already kind of talked about it in my last answer like you over index on one metric too much yeah so um you know you're creating a lot of content so you're really just looking you know you might just be looking at organic traffic from google search because that's a key part of you know you have to get people to your site to understand you know who you are right uh but like your acquisition and your uh-huh. you know your your activation numbers are weak um, like that's, you can't over index or over emphasize one thing, one metric too much, um, in the growth break. Cause you have to cover, there's so many different levers you can pull. Um, you have to just kind of be aware of what's going on on, on all fronts and how one thing might influence the other or the lack of uh, attention to, to one lever might, uh, negatively influence, uh, others as well. Um. I guess something else in, in growth is, you know, the growth marketing approach is just, maybe this is just a general marketing, uh, marketing, uh, uh, PSA, but just like not testing, not being flexible, moving too slow. Um, you know, Hey, we have a chance to, to run this, to run this test or, uh, you know, create this, create this thing. Oh, cool. Let's put a, put a meeting on my calendar in two weeks and we'll talk about it. It's like, Look, if you want, if you want to fail and just and and uh, maybe not even fail, but just like not see the progress that you want, 
move slow and don't test and, and be inflexible. Like, um, I mean, time, time, as I, I've said it, I said it earlier today, cause we were talking about, uh, you know, just uh, a website project. And when you experience delays in one part, it delays everything else. Like time, time is a cruel mistress. Like, <laughs> she marches forward and she, she waits for no one. Like when you've missed, when you, when you've missed a day, you've missed two days, you've missed a week, like that's gone. Right. Um, so, I mean, that's, that's really, you know, speed, speed is an advantage. And that doesn't mean you cast all caution to the wind. You have to be thorough and, and think about what you're doing and have, you know, for a test, for example, you have to have a, you know, the variables and your hypothesis and what metric you're trying to influence, but you got to move, you got to move fast as well. Thorough, thorough and fast uh, when it comes to testing and or putting new things in the market to test out, like that's, that's an advantage for any marketing team when it comes to, you know, trying to outgrow your competitors. Yeah, I think that's great advice. And I do think that uh, a, a lot of us, it's very easy to fall into the trap of not being flexible, right? Of going, oh, well, we had the campaign planned out and we were going to do X, Y, Z. Um, but I think it is very important to be able to course correct if, you know, something comes up and got to bake in those, you know, flex hours or whatever to make sure that you have the space to do that. Um, let's dig into some examples. Um, so what's a time you've seen or you've used brand marketing uh, in action? Uh, so like, let's talk about what industry it was. How did that approach work? Why was it the right choice or was it? Um, and then let's do the same with growth marketing. Yeah. So I'm going to go back to my, my 11 and a half months that I spent in house as a brand manager for the, for the brand marketing piece of it, because obviously that was kind of my, that was my title. Again, as I kind of mentioned, that was, it was hard to actually let people let me do that part of get people to let me do that part of the job, but the space that we were in. So in, in healthcare, um, specifically with like, um, with like workers comp, um, type stuff, arranging care for, um, arranging care for, uh, um, you know, whether it's MRIs or something, imaging or, or medical equipment, that was kind of like the, the, that's the industry that we're in. It's a very interesting industry, but it's also dominated by very large players who are well-known who have been around a long time. And the company that I worked for had also been around for, uh, for quite a bit. Um, but they were not the, the size of, uh, some of these other larger companies that I'm sure you people have probably heard about. Um, and so really it's like what we were trying to get to a point where we were finding a way to differentiate ourselves through, through brand. And, you know, again, why we do what we do, how we do it, because the space is so inundated. Um, there's not a lot of like, there's not a lot of variation from one provider to another in that industry. And so, you know, we started, I mean, we really went through the whole thing of like, gathering a bunch of people in the room and doing, you know, doing some like association exercises and things like that. And ultimately brought in, brought in people from the outside to help kind of run those sessions. But ultimately, ultimately it came down to like a, a new way of, or just like, yeah, kind of get our, our UVP out there, our unique value prop and, um, and all that. Now we're on the right road. Uh, ultimately I didn't get to see that through because, you know, the position was eliminated, but but ultimately, like, it was a little bit of marketing strategy or just marketing by committee, which in a company that size is, 
not surprising because they want a lot of opinions of a lot of people. Um, but I think it was on the right track because ultimately it was a we looked at we looked at the competitors that were in that space and how they were positioning themselves, what they were, what their messaging was about, what their slogans were about, you know, what, what their websites looked like, how they talked about it. And like healthcare can be very, um, it can be something where like you, you have to just use certain people because either they're the only options or they're contractually obligated to do stuff or to be the, you know, the provider of choice and things like that. But when we could go against these people, we, you know, these kind of larger, well-known uh, behemoths, like our big thing was just being super personable and um, ultimately doing the, doing the right, like doing the right thing as much as possible. It was always, it was part of the standard operating procedure, but it was nowhere in our messaging. And so that's really kind of like what we got towards. Now, did it work out? I don't know. Um, again, I didn't really get to see that through. I know that they're using... They're using some of the stuff in their messaging because every once in a while I'll take a look at it. Um, now whether that's working out, I don't have any insight into those businesses, but I really felt that was the the right way to go because the space just like was like craving human yeah. connection. Your your our 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 employees, the ones who are helping kind of coordinate this care. It's like everything from rides to uh, you know coordinating Uber rides or taxi taxi rides from someone, you know, from home to their doctor's appointment and they can't do it because they have a broken leg or they have whatever this is they suffered and on the job. So it's just like, there's a lot of suffering in that, in that audience and ultimately the people we're working with and just kind of bringing that humanity to them was a really big, um, really big emphasis in that, in that brand approach. Yeah, I think that's great. Um, what about, uh, a B2B client where you've used a growth marketing approach. I am sure you can't think of any, uh, not especially the ones that we work on every day. <laughs> yeah. So that's kind of, that's kind of like what we do. It's like the um, meat and potatoes of our everyday. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I'm going to choose an example. They're not, they're not a, a client any longer, but uh, with us, but it is an interesting case because they are in the, you're going to know who I'm not going to name them, but I'm, you're going to know who they are by, by me explaining it. But you know, they were in the training simulation market and, you know, they had been in this market and they had had this product out there for, for years in the higher education space, uh, you know, running, you know, like business, you know, giving, giving college kids a chance to like run a, run a business over the course of several weeks and have that simulation and that type of thing. But they wanted to, they had a few like corporate, you know, business type customers, um, maybe corporate's not the right word, but you know, business, yeah, you know, workplace, you know, a, yeah, workplace, yeah. Like they had sold to some businesses before, but it wasn't really. They didn't have much uh, at all going through it in terms of um, in terms of any content about it, a sales team for it, anything like that. So that was kind of why they approached us, and you know, so we we started with what would be a brand marketing um, piece of it, kind of awareness play. Um, with their website. Again, as I said, we use the cold, warm, and hot approach. So, I mean, the cold, for those who are unfamiliar, you know, the cold page of the website deals with the problems of our ICP, the problems with the the products and the essentially the alternatives that exist, uh, and really kind of just the approach to solving um, those things. So for them, it was like, uh, I believe it was something like, um, you know, a lot of training, training and HR teams used like they just use like PowerPoint presentations. There's not a lot of practical application of knowledge. It's just like, 
learning knowledge for knowledge's sake, but there wasn't a lot of practical application. And right. we focused a lot around like, hey, without a practical application of of what they learned, like, uh, you know, knowledge knowledge decay happens, you know, at you know this at this rate over you know twenty four hours and forty eight and then seven you know seven days, and they only retain you know a certain amount of that, and so it just leads to problems on the job. Um, was kind of one of the things we looked at there. And then the warm page was like, okay, what's this new and different way of, of doing, um, you know, of approaching, trying to get people trained up in their jobs. And particularly when it comes to like soft skills, cause those are incredibly hard. If you just do like a PowerPoint presentation on that, like you're, that's not helping them. They need to be, they need to get, they need to have reps. Yeah. Like I think we use, we use that term a lot. And I know you, you wrote a lot of content for them, but we use that a lot in terms of like, look, they need, they need reps in a controlled space so that they can learn before they have to experience that in real life, particularly as it relates to soft skill related, you know, related things. Um, and then ultimately the, you know, the hot page being kind of like, this is the, now it's more, we're talking about the, what we do, the product, right. the features, kind of the transformation they achieve and the pains that they leave behind. That's really the gist of that hot page. Um, so we did that. And then of course, organic content for, for Google search. Um, you know, keyword searches, it was a mix of like high volume stuff. If it made sense, I'm getting kind of, kind of granular here with this, but like if it made sense, cause a lot of high volume stuff is not, it's not the, I just, it cannot be great from the standpoint of like, just because it has high volume, it's also tends to be very vague. Like one or like, those are, these are the searches that are like one or two keywords. So like training simulation for them, um, you know, ultimately it is what they provide. But when someone's searching that, the context in which they're searching is broad. Yeah. Very broad. Yeah. Yeah. Broad's a great word. Um, <laughs> but we, so we did some of that if it made sense or it was just like something that we couldn't not be present for in the SERPs. Um, but then also some like lower volume, but more focused, kind of longer tail, uh, answering specific questions, like, you know, looking at keywords that were actually questions. On answering those, even some one of the better things I think that we wrote for them that performed the best was looking at two, uh, two industry leaders which that were kind of like the alternatives that we kind of threw rocks at on the website, um, and just did a comparison of them and said, hey, if this is what you're looking for, that's great. But here's why I think even in the even the blog content was basically just repurposing what we did on on the website, which is just like, here's why you can do those if you want to, but here's why you should. Just do a completely different approach and, and look at it. And then it kind of got into some product related stuff there. Um, that was a big piece of it. And we've spent a lot, we invested a lot in the awareness thing because again, they were in that niche, they were new. Uh, so kind of a lot more brand stuff, but ultimately we did have some lead magnets. I know we had a self-guided demo of their product that they helped us put together. Uh, you know, we did some, we had some like PDFs and things like that, but never did really that well. But the self-guided demo of the product worked best for, um, getting people into the pipeline and ultimately to a, a full demo and in, in sales conversation. Um, so that was kind of like the, it was cool because it was like kind of from the, they weren't a new company, but the vertical they were getting into was new. So like initially, you know, the first initial months after publishing content were like 20, you know, 20, 20, uh, 20 views, 30 views on uh, their page views on this thing, getting some traffic. And then ultimately by the time we kind of wrapped up our engagement with them, we're talking about like, of all the content we created, we're talking about you know, like thousands of views organically right. per month. It was cool. But then also getting to the point of working with their, their sales guy they have for their, their business vertical, um, you know, working with him in terms of 
hey, we're you're, we're passing on these many this many demos. Um, people creating, I think, free accounts. You know, free trial accounts was another thing that they had, like a sandbox account. You know, what are we looking at for you know conversion there? So it really was cool getting to kind of employ those those growth principles from you know from the ground up with them. That's a great example. Um, all right, well let's let's wrap up by touching on technology. We got to talk technology. Um, the market is changing. The whole environment is changing. Technology is evolving rapidly. Always. <laughs> um, let's let's get out our crystal balls. Um, do you have any predictions for how you think the industry might change in the next couple of years? Well, I mean, the technology piece, but I think people know kind of might have a, uh, there's an immediate thought that it's going to come to everyone's mind when they listen to that. And I'll get to that. But when it comes to marketing in general, like even now, as of recording this September 28th of 2023 at 2.56 PM central time for me, 3.56 for you, there are, (laughs) there are so many companies and solutions and marketing messages across all sorts of channels out there. It's just like, how did how can anyone possibly win and the three things that it's like it's not it's not new um, what i'm going to say is not anything earth shattering but it's doing it to a degree that no one has done before or in an original way and that is social proof and results you've helped others achieve i think will be more important than ever um i'm not talking about just like like social proof in terms of oh we're just gonna throw some logos on here We'll have a testimonial or two uh, and we'll have, you know, a little animated stat counter thing of how many clients we've had and how many different industries and all of that, like, like case studies, third party reviews, things that are not on your website. Um, that if someone looks you up, they're going to see a G2 profile. They're going to see a, a trust pilot um, profile yeah. and, and see, you know, see and, and read about people's experiences with, with your company and ultimately what you help them achieve, I think is the biggest piece of that case studies, I think are, are huge and they have to be focused on reinforcing your, your brand narrative. Again, the why you exist, how you do what you do again, kind of the cold and warm piece of it. If you're thinking in terms of the, in terms of the webpage and then ultimately kind of the, the feature piece of it and, you know, kind of how you help them do that through whatever features that's going to be a big thing social proof and results that you've helped others achieve that's gonna be big again differentiating on why you exist and being a true step forward again not being an improvement offer that's kind of like what we talked about like you're not you know you no one no one's going to completely quit their solution that they have and put everyone through learning a new product for a 10 percent improvement in whatever whatever metric right like it has to be a gigantic step forward that ultimately transforms their business and and gives them gives them something that they didn't even realize maybe initially that they that they didn't have but is ultimately the the biggest way forward or the best way forward for them that's number two and then number three it's boring it's been said a thousand times before but gosh darn it, the people who are closest to their customer, to their ICP, who best understand them are just going to win. It's going to allow them to do that differentiating piece of it the best, build something that is truly a step forward. Um, uh, you know, uh, uh, get get those, the concerns of the market, the concerns of their ICP, what their problems are, 
why they, you know, why they still stick with solutions that don't sell, solve all their pains into their marketing messaging. People, the companies that can do that, the marketing teams uh, and marketers who can do that and be the closest to the customer, they're going, they're going to win. And look, that's, that's those, those three things I think are, it's a basics of marketing, but gosh darn, they have never been more, more important than now with so many companies, so many products and solutions and marketing messages uh, out there. Now, Another piece, you know, kind of where the technology piece comes to, and I'm going to say AI, folks. It's just, it is what it is. It's where it's on the tip of everyone's tongue. It's you know, ChatGPT is what everyone's buzzing it's getting, about. It's so. getting wrapped into every other technology out there. I saw an ad another day for for those who are uh, into like fitness wearable things. Uh, the Whoop, the Whoop strap. Um, you can ask. They got GPT four in their app now, and so you can ask it about like, hey, I'm I need to improve my sleep. Um, how can I do that? And it's going to, it pulls in data from all their thousands of other users in terms of like what people have, um, you know, register in their app in terms of what's helped them sleep and get more sleep. But I think that's, that's going to be the big piece of it is it's going to, I'm not in the opinion that it's going to replace anyone's jobs. It's going to be the people who wield it best will replace people who don't. Yeah. And so, I mean, that's everything from just like idea generation. We were talking a little bit before this and just like, it helps you not start from a blank slate, whatever task you're doing. Um, or if it's in your, if it's in your CRM, if you have an AI component to your CRM, like, like uh, HubSpot is now going to, or has, and is going to continue investing in like connecting the dots in your CRM data, or you're writing a video script and, you know, it can point out gaps in your video scripts or what questions are left unanswered. So you can write a better script and, and write a, you know, ultimately produce a better video. It's all that kind of, all that kind of stuff, but ultimately it's going to, to me, it's going to ride on top of hitting the basics well. Um, and, you know, again, social proof differentiation, being closest to the customer so that you can use AI to, um, you know, to leverage AI to ultimately create, you know, better marketing assets uh, and things like that to ultimately win. So that's my, uh, that's my thought. I'm, look, I'm a bit of a laggard on, on AI, but I, I can understand that that's at least my outlook on how it's going to go. I have to start, I got to start adopting this stuff because I have been kind of slow to it, but uh, that's <laughs> Yeah, kind of get on board, Matt. <laughs> look, I'm, look, I'm on board. I'm just, you know, I'm down in the steerage. I'm down in the, where, they, where they're holding out. I'm down in the cargo hold of the. Of <laughs> you just got to get up to the deck with us. <laughs> right. Whatever kind of ship this is. I don't know if we're talking like a sailboat or what's going on, but yeah, I'm, I got to get up on the deck and, and be riding high with everyone. Yeah. I love it. I love it. Well, I think that's a great note to to leave us on here. Let's finish it on that very weird <laughs> metaphor. Well, you know, talking about the future and and AI and how it's how it's coming into to impact everything that we do in marketing. Um, honestly, but um, so thank you so much for joining me today, Matt, for this debate or really just conversation about um the differences and similarities between brand marketing and growth marketing. Yeah, of course, loved it. It was great. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, hopefully these insights are going to help our listeners understand those similarities, those differences, the two approaches in general, and, uh, you know, help them make the right decisions about their next marketing campaign. So thank you everyone for listening. Don't forget to subscribe so that you never miss an episode. Also, please, uh, if you have a moment, take the time to rate or review the show on your favorite podcast application. And until next time, this has been Growth Team Radio. 
want to grow your business? You're trying to find the right path to do it? Well, we've got the answers. Go to stopscaling.com. Yes, you heard right. Go to stopscaling.com where we'll show you the exact way to grow your business this year.